was waiting for you. Hey, what's wrong? Oh, it's nothing. It's just a readjustment. Your eyes. Hey, what's wrong? Oh, it's nothing. It's just a readjustment. Your eyes. Welcome to the Road to Damnation podcast. What a fucking piece of shit. Alright, welcome everyone to um, the Road to Damnation, a Horror Heresy podcast. Uh, tonight is a pretty cool episode, I think we talked about this for a couple of weeks now. I've actually got around to editing it. Uh, it is the interview sode or how do we say it? In it? Interviewer sode Oh no. We have Fuck yeah! Kyle's here with us right now. Hey, what's up? Uh, he'll be on the interview episode too, talking about his wonderful event, which is happening March 16th. We'll put yeah, a timestamp uh, in. That you can't even pronounce. We'll put in the shadows I... of Panama. Oh, 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 Panama. Wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong event, wrong event. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. When it's mispronunciation, it's all just bleeds together. It just, uh, it's, yeah, it made sense, right? <laughs> well, I mean, we are talking about the illiterate, so. Ooh. Got him. All right. So, you know, this is going to be the kind of introduction. So we have three guests on tonight. Uh, Kyle is obviously one of them. We'll save his interview for last. Uh, if you haven't, if you're still with us by then, uh, hopefully you're not asleep or dead in your chair running away. Um, listen, after you've listened to all three of them back to back. Uh, the first guest is Shane. David. Yeah, so we had a chat with David about his upcoming event, which is a moving event narrative that goes from different states. And uh, it's a really cool storyline, Steps of Perdition, Taking a Fire Axe. Yep, right? Taking a Fire Axe, yep. Kansas City, Missouri. Get your shit together, Missouri. So uh, if it wasn't so far away, I'd make the drive for that one. A little bit too far out of my reach. <laughs> Um, but it sounds like a really fun event, and we have that one coming up. Yeah, we have. Um, Shane's been talking about this a lot, and we finally got him on. Uh, we have Ben, who is uh, primarily a player who likes to play both systems. Goes both ways. Bath... <laughs> Goes both ways. Yes. He's a forty k curious. Nah, uh, Ben's a great, he's a nice, well-rounded hobbyist. He does 30K, does 40K. He even plays Magic the Gathering. Uh, I think he dabbles in a little bit of Age of Sigmar. So, but we don't talk about that in the, the, the show. We talk about um, his experience with 30K and 40K. I, I think the, we dabble a little bit into Magic, but we mostly keep it with those two sy- sy- uh, systems and uh, kind of talk about what he likes about each, what he doesn't like, what he prefers in one system versus the other and uh, gives us a nice little bit of perspective on, uh, you know, gives us a nice little uh, ego check. Yeah. Yeah. Ben's super unbiased, which is pretty chill. So it's a good exact opposite of Shane. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> fucking accurate as fuck. I mean, on on this podcast, we bash eighth edition pretty heavily. So it's, <laughs> it's nice to have a little bit of balance. If we it's, haven't scared everyone off already. <laughs> yeah. Right. <clears throat> It's it's like, but at this point, it's like kicking the redheaded stepchild. Like it's it's just easy. Oh, dude, it's it's very easy. But yeah, 
last the last interview is you should just skip it. We'll put a timestamp so you know when to just stop. Hard pass on the on the uh, interview with Kyle. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> saving the worst for last. <laughs> Oh wait, everyone is definitely asleep by the time we get there. <laughs> or drunk. <laughs> yeah, prefer the drunk. At, at this point, they've got to the end of the episode, and they're like, oh, this episode's so boring, and like mashing parts into the wrong part of the model. So their <laughs> models come out like all crooked just because they're so angry. If you fuck been. up a model while listening to this podcast, please take a picture and email it to the road to damnation 30 k at gmail.com. Uh, wait, don't we have, don't we already have pictures of Lewis's models? No! <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say some of Brad's stuff, but he never paints, so... Uh, to be fair, it's a pretty accurate statement. If you see my Warlord from Christmas when I was drinking quite a bit... Uh, sorry, that holiday, was... holiday. I put the legs on backwards after purposely trying not to do that. So Dude, there's that holes was... on the back of it. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. To see. Why don't you like just gap fill it and then paint over it? Uh, I'll get around to it at some point. Mm-hmm. Two years later, yeah. it might just—it might just be one of those where I'll try and make my money back and buy a new one. <laughs> mm, there you go. That's probably the best way to go. But yeah, anyway, that's yeah. All right, got a pretty full episode for your listening pleasure. So uh, sit down, take your pants off, and get ready. Pull up the Kleenex. So how are you doing this uh, this evening? Doing fine. Staying out of trouble, but it's still early. Still early. Yeah, it's pretty. Pretty late here, unfortunately. Uh, well, not too late. Um, so, if anyone doesn't know, and I'm probably going to butcher this, so forgive me, the Taking of Fire Axe, the Steps of Perdition. David is uh, one of the founders of this wonderful event that uh, we actually had someone write into us about. And, you know, I've been reading about it, and I absolutely love the idea of this event, I have to say. Well, thank you. So, um, Curious question. So how did you get this kind of like the ball started? Well, really, it all just kind of comes down to I just kind of decided I wanted to throw my hat in the ring and wanted to try and put my own event together. And I figured Heresy was the best place to start uh, because I liked the fact that the, the Heresy community itself was not really represented at the events I was going to, but from, you know, the things that I was hearing, there were people that were there, people that were interested in it, but just there wasn't, whether it was just they were turned off by the, the GT scene and, you know, the 40K competitive stuff or the fact that, you know, maybe it was misrepresented and, you know, there were people that, that were interested and it just wasn't actually as big as I thought it was. Either way, it was just, you know, it seemed like it, it, it would be easier and more up my my alley to try and take the reins and do something with that. Mostly because I'm I'm not a competitive player and I feel like that that side of, you know, the, the playground's already taken care of. You've got ITC, you've got the ETC, you've got plenty of venues and avenues for people who really just wanna to play that that side of the fence where, you know, you're you're Maybe not necessarily the the really hardcore competitive knockdown drag out you know beating the tar out of each other, but if if you're really wanting to to play to win, there's there's lots of opportunities there for you to do that. But if you're wanting to actually have some narrative focused high high value terrain you know 
going for the narrative and just beer and pretzel stuff. It doesn't seem like there's as much of that. And when, when it was there, it was just like uh, pre-gaming type events. You know, there's stuff that's done, you know, the night before, maybe the day before. But then, you know, the actual GT level events happen and they're two or three days long and it's all competitive. There wasn't anything that really fit that. Well, let's let's have some let's have some fun. Let's have some narrative going on. So I, I just that, that's kind of how I decided I wanted to, to try something there. So you kind of hit the nail on the head and, and with the narrative. And I think, you know, from what I can see on on the Facebook page and, and from what I've been reading about, you know, you, you kind of really made this a truly a narrative event. Which is kind of not really heard of too well. Like you can have a narrative event, but it's like, oh yeah, and, but you, you seem to have managed to tie all of it together. No, what I, my question was, um, what? So I, you guys were advertising as a traveling event. Can you tell us more about that? That's very unusual. So, I'm... yeah. So, well, this this all kind of started last year, and it was just kind of my own brainchild that. Well, the, the best way I can describe it is this was, this was my own crazy idea, uh, my own crazy adventure. Uh, it started out with just me and a couple different people locally that give, gave me a hand with building terrain and getting a few things painted when I really was under crunch time. And outside of that, the only help that I had was uh, a few friends of mine who operate GTs or run events that got me hooked up with actually getting the space necessary to be able to run the events. Um, and that, that was kind of it. I mean, other than, you know, obviously it, it's you got to have you got to have the network. So, you know, the friends that I've, I've met going to the, the GTs I've gone to, the, the friends I've met online through Facebook and just through the community, through the hobby. So, you know, the podcasters, you know, word of mouth. So, like, it, I, the, the core, like, the, the work, I don't know. It, it feels weird because when, when you really boil it down, I was the one who did the work. I'm the one who got the prize support, ordered stuff dealt with you know the sponsors i built all the terrain i painted all the terrain I, I i did everything i transported everything i set everything up i wrote the rules i wrote the fluff and all that but i i couldn't have done it alone like i i had to have those i had to have that help i had to have that network of people i had to work with you know my friends who are podcasters to get that information out there i had to work with my my friends who are you know are active in the community to have them help spread the message and, and talk to them and see what they thought of stuff that way you know i you can you can write rules and fluff to your blue in the face but until you have somebody else listen to it and give you feedback you know you, you don't realize how how well something works or how terrible something works or sounds until you know you're not just you know speaking into the void until something comes back at you so Last year it was it was it was a lot of work and it was a lot of effort, but uh, it all just kind of started with I wanted to do something, and our first event was at the Flying Monkey Convention, and our follow-up event was at the Iron Halo GT uh, that happened in the fall, and those ended up being about a month apart, and that was not the most opportune situation. We really I really would have liked it to be spread out more. But that was the best chance we had. Those two events were, were both willing to give us space and were able to meet the, you know, the needs that we had. And our first event, we ended up having, by we, we had 20 spaces initially, and we were the first 30K event they've ever done. 
and we were their first event to sell out. We sold out in five days after our yeah. ticket sales went open. And after a little hemming and hawing because they they weren't expecting us to sell out and you know they understandably were apprehensive about wanting to give us more space because there's there's other events and they were still trying to sort out what what other events were wanting to come in because it it was one of those things where I wasn't expecting us to sell out that quick I don't think anybody expected it to happen like that so everybody was just kind of like well what do we do do we do we do we open up more space right away and capitalize on this momentum? Do we wait a little bit to see, you know, if we're going to have drops and see whether, you know, it's a smart idea to open up more? Because if we open up more now and we don't end up selling those, did we just waste space that other events could have used? So eventually they did end up opening up six more slots and we sold out and then we had some drops and we sold out again. And in the end, um, when the actual event rolled around, we had some folks that had to drop late. Um, the, the main problem was we had a bunch of guys coming up from Texas, which was a pretty long drive. Uh, and most of the guys coming from Texas were road tripping together. And as unfortunately does tend to happen, life gets in the way. And when you have a, a big group of guys that are caravanning and road tripping, when you get one or two of those guys that are key players that are driving or volunteering their vehicles, and when they have to back out, it, those linchpins, you know, tend to just kind of drag. Up. Uh, it's not one or two people drop. It's, you know, three or four people drop. So we actually had a sizable number that just couldn't make it from Texas for, for different reasons. Uh, but we ended up having 18 people at our first event. I was absolutely thrilled with that. We had uh, a good balance, too. We ended up having nine loyalists and nine traders. Uh, so we did have even teams, which was great. And then our follow-up event, uh, the Hadrian Incursion, which was down at the Iron Halo GT, that was actually down in uh, Bartlesville, Oklahoma. I should say our our first event was at uh, Wichita, Kansas, which uh, the reason we... And this kind of answers your question why we travel and, and the idea behind this is just um, I have traveled to mostly GTs in the Midwest, um, the Bug Eater GT, the Iron Halo GT. Well, like the Bug Eater GTs in Nebraska, uh, Tim's the guy who hosts that. And then the guys at the Flying Monkey uh, Club over in Wichita, they host the, the Flying Monkey GT, which is now the Flying Monkey Con over in Wichita. Um, and then you've also got the Iron Halo GT, which is down in uh, Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Uh, Jason Horn is the one who hosts that. And I've been going uh, to the Iron Halo, and I've been going to Bug Eater for several years. I've, I've only been able to participate in the Flying Monkey for a couple years now. Uh, but I, my, my buddies have been going over to the Flying Monkey, participating in their stuff for several years. Um, some of my commission stuff has gone uh, over there and and won some awards for a few different things. Um, and I I also in my free time I'm a commission painter and some of my uh, most, some of my favorite things to do is to to paint up charity work that gets raffled off. Um, so that's something that I really enjoy doing uh, just to kind of help with the community and, and try and stay active in that respect. And and that's that's why I really like traveling around because it's it's a better way in my mind to help draw people to the events because 
I'm sure if we wanted to just do one event every year or like two events in the same place, it'd be great. But it, I think that it's it's an easier way to stay active and stay relevant and draw more people in by going to where the people are. We can piggyback off of these bigger events that are drawing in people and we can we can kind of co-opt their just kind of the fervor that they're drawing, the attention they're getting. And maybe we can help get them some attention. They can help get us some attention and hopefully it can be mutually beneficial. Um, the the goal this year, last year we had two events. This year we're aiming for three, maybe more. Um, the, the end goal long term, I would love to be able to get it to where we're able to be self-sustaining. A hundred percent of what we do is self-funding. We've got a Teespring store. We've got a Shapeways store where we're slowly getting some designs for um, different components. Right now, it's it's predominantly night components. Uh, so well, we've got a couple different parts for night armatures going up. Uh, we've also got a couple new uh, components for Imperial Knights, alternate uh, hand weapons that are going to be going up soon. Um, and then we've also got, I'm trying to think, it's Teespring and Shapeways. We have another store, Joe. By the way, my buddy Joe's here with us too tonight. You should say hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. What's up, Joe? Hey, Joe. Wow, I didn't realize we had two guests. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really bad about remembering stuff. Wednesday night is Joe and I's work night. Um, Joe, he's a workaholic, so we have to have like a scheduled work night every week where we actually sit down and work on stuff. Otherwise, we're both like kind of flighty and we don't get anything done. Sounds, yeah, it sounds, uh, you know, my yeah, life right that. now is pretty healthy. <laughs> So hang on a second. Let me let me real quick. Um, I just wanted to ask. So you, okay, so you're talking about the traveling event. Um, where do you guys? You're you're talking this GT. What what's the um, and like self fund and stuff. So are you guys um, providing all your own terrain and stuff? Are you providing all of your own like terrain tables, transportation, the whole like what? How in depth are you guys going here? So at this point, um, we provided at the first event, we ended up providing, I want to say, well, what did it end up being? Was it 10 or 12 tables of our own? We. 12 tables total. So we had 12 tables total at our first event. Uh, by, by the time everything ended up. Two were, were brought by one of our uh, event attendees. He brought those just in case we needed them. And uh, that did, I don't think that counted the Zone Mortalis table that another guy brought just so that we could have some Zone Mortalis. Um, so I guess in total, we had 13 tables, three of which were, were brought by attendees. Um, so I have, at that time, I had 10 fully painted tables of my own. And uh, I also have, at this point, I probably have at least another five or six tables, maybe more, that I've collected that I had at that point that I haven't got built or painted yet just because I haven't had the time. Uh, but the, the end goal is to be able to be, again, fully self-sufficient, be able to, to, to supply our own terrain and change things up, switch things out, and, and be able to do a rotation where it's not always the same tables. And even if it is, the, you know, even it may, it may be the same tables, but, you know, it's not always the same setup. It's not the same terrain. Um, one of the benefits with uh, painting it myself is that it's this, it, 
it may not be the same exact style, but because it's all my style, it's a similar method. So, you know, you can mix and match that terrain and it's more in the same, you know what I mean? It's more in the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, we got you. So it, it looks better together, so it makes more sense like it should be together. So that that definitely helps. Um, the, the end goal eventually would be uh, the ability to be able to put on a 50-player event, so uh, probably 25 tables. Uh, I store everything in my apartment. Uh, we put everything in uh, plastic, uh, the, the big Rubbermaid totes. Uh, I've got some steel shelving that we uh, put everything in and slide up uh, the, the totes into, and then underneath the gaming table, everything kind of slides underneath there too. Um, it works. It works for now. Obviously, uh, the the end goal, I think, as with most people, eventually, when I have my own home, I would love to have uh, the Ryan Kimmel experience. You know, be able to have you know the big steel shed go up, have the the gaming area, the lounge area, the workspace area, and then the big storage facility where you can actually have all of your terrain up. That that's that's the dream, but we're all not there in space wise. I'm, I'm I'm there with you. So I was actually just like checking out the player packet, and what I said before you got on, uh, before we you kind of connected was mm-hmm. um, what I like about the event is you're literally not allowing any name characters. You know what kind of made you do that, like? Uh, typically, you know, when I've been to an event, they allow you to take a name character, mm-hmm. and you you're also disallowing uh, Primarchs, and you put the same restriction. I would think most people would uh, assume is custodes or allied only. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what what? How did you kind of come up with the idea of just like saying we want people to come up with a unique warlords? That's what we want. Well, we've got two different style of events that we're running, and. We don't have a, really a, a set name for them yet. What we're, what I'm calling them is we've got, you know, our, our standard event, which is like the big events, which we're calling like our, our first event was Act One Hubris. That was our, our, our maiden voyage last year. And our follow-up event was called the Hadrian Incursion. And it kind of in lieu of, of that title, I'm calling all of our smaller scale events incursion level and the idea with the incursion le- uh, level events, we're not allowing named characters. We're being much more restrictive on what's allowed there. But to replace that, we have what we're calling, uh, I'm trying to think of what, what, what uh, I'm sorry, my brain's kind of pulling a fart on itself right now. Uh, we have what what is called the, uh, Joe, what's that table that we're using called for evolving your character? <laughs> Joe's looking at me like, like, why am I, why am I putting you on the spot? I can't remember what it's called. Uh, I'm not sure what the file is called. Oh, it's we're calling it our war stories table. So essentially, the the idea here is the trade off is in the smaller scale events, it's it, it represents one battle, one smaller focal point of the overall campaign, and it allows players to bring in their own character. So you, you take it one of the more generalized HQ type characters and you, you can give them your own name, you know, give them your own backstory. You're supposed to create some kind of connection with this character. And as you play games, your character, and we, we have rules for it. You'll have this in the actual packet the day of the event. And we'll, we'll release this information just a little bit beforehand. That way it kind of prevents 
we're, you know, try to prevent people from, from cheesing it up as much as we can. But at the same time, you want to allow people to know that way they can familiarize themselves. But, you know, walk, walk that tightrope between being too permissive and too restrictive. But it allows players to do certain acts with their characters throughout the game. And then they can gain points that which they can spend to draw randomly from this card deck, and it allows their character to get certain benefits and buffs. And similarly, when their characters die, they get um, dishonor, which also there's a there's a detriments deck that they have to draw from, and it can cause certain detriments to their character. Dude, I like I like that feature of. Uh... You know, if you if you're, what happens if he doesn't die on the battlefield, but he's like he basically lost? Is there a dishonor for that? Well, there's there's a different dishonor that can happen. Um, for example, what happened from our previous uh, from uh, the Hadrian incursion? Um, what could happen was you got one, and what we called it was like earning glory versus dishonor. Uh, you got one glory if you won a game. You got one glory if your warlord survived the game. You got one glory if your warlord slayed a character in a challenge. And you got two glory if your warlord slayed the enemy warlord in a challenge. But you also got one dishonor if your warlord was slain. You got an additional dishonor if your warlord is slain by the enemy warlord. And you also got an additional dishonor if you lost two consecutive games. And then... uh, Kind of the rule was for every three dishonor you earned, you had to draw one dishonor card. So we we, we were very kind of light-handed with it the first time around. We didn't want to be too abusive with, you know, dishonor versus, you know, honor. And then similarly, uh, similarly you could only ever have a maximum of, of two benefits from honor or two detriments from dishonor at any given time. That's a, that's that's nice. So it's it's not like you can't just keep piling up dishonor the, the whole time. Yeah, like that. And then yeah. the other thing is, we were we tried to be careful about making stat changes because since we were were very permissive with allowing characters, uh, as far as you know, letting people take whatever kind of HQs they wanted, we weren't saying, "Hey, you can't bring this or you can't bring that," and just because it would have been it would have been way too much work and book work to have to go through and look at all of the different HQ characters that are allowed and just be like, well, how is this rule going to work with this thing? Well, what if they combo this with this? It just, it just seemed like it was going to be a headache. We tried to be as careful with it as possible and avoid, you know, stat changes that were either going to be permanent stat changes or stat changes that were just way too aggressive. So, you know, anything that increased, you know, base strength or toughness permanently overall, things that were, you know, oh, we're going to increase your overall number of wounds, you know, super aggressively, things like that. Um, But we also tried to make changes that that felt thematic. So, like, uh, for example, on the Dishonor table. And the other thing, um, we, we made this work so that it could work with the cards. Or it also just works with a standard roll of a D6, which was convenient. Um, we originally planned on having cards made. Unfortunately, because of time constraints and also just uh, numerically, we didn't get the number of attendees we were hoping for for the second event. Uh, we weren't able to place the order to get the cards ordered. So it ended up being you know, a good thing overall that we just ended up doing it that way because people ended up having to roll a D6 to determine what they were getting anyways. 
No, it's, 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 you know, it's nice. Um, you, you mentioned that you weren't happy with like the amount of people. Well, the attendance on the second event wasn't as high as the first one. Yeah, we ended up having 10 people. And I mean, again, it's, it was one of those where I, I say, I say we weren't as happy, but at the same time, I, I was, I was thrilled. Even if we would have had four people showed up, I would have been there and, and hosted the event. I don't care if we have two people or we have, you know, 200 people. That's, my, my thing is I just love hosting it. I love being able to bullshit with everybody and have a good time. Like I, I love the game and I like playing the game, but I mean, I, I'll tell you guys the same thing I've told everybody. I still haven't even played my first game of 30K yet. Like I, I love just everything about it. And I still haven't even got my first game in yet. Is that because you're like wow. so busy, like trying to run the event that you actually don't get the time to kind of just play a game for yourself? No, that's because I play nice and I don't have anything else ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's understandable. All right. No, what I was going to say um, real quick, but like for an example of some of the war stories that, like, that we had from our first event, and these, uh, uh, what I will say, um, anybody who have participated at our first event, uh, their benefits and detriments actually, do, their characters will get to carry those over to our next event. So that is the one benefit to bringing your character. It's supposed to motivate people to come to the, the incursion style events because over the course of participating in those narratives, eventually your character that you've built up is going to get to participate in the overall campaign and start coming to the bigger events where we will start allowing special characters, where we will maybe eventually start allowing Primarchs. We may start allowing, you know, custodes armies and things like that as the as the campaign ramps up, as we get further into the system and things start to get dire and both sides start to get more desperate and start throwing more of their, you know, more higher higher ranking forces into the fight. So it's going to be interesting to maybe see somebody's character that they've really built up after a while actually have a throwdown or a partial throwdown with, you know, maybe the 10th captain of a legion or, or maybe even, oh, they they just got a you know a vaunted fight with you know a primarch and they ended up getting killed and that's something else eventually there will be the opportunity for people's characters to die outright yep there will be uh, i've already got a system in place that i haven't talked about but there will be the opportunity for characters to die but for you you as a player to have like a second in command who has been following your it, you know, maybe you don't actually have to like bring them in game, but the idea is you have like a secondary character, so that when your main character dies, you can get like half of their benefits, none of their detriments, because the idea is you've been they've been following and studying them, so you've learned from their mistakes, so you get you so you, you don't you don't make those same mistakes, you you're you you don't get their detriments, but you do get some of the things you've learned from them, so you get some of their benefits. But anyway. So, like, like almost uh, like he's robbing the grave, like stealing the stuff from him. Exactly, kind of like that. But so, like one one of the uh, benefits from our war stories table from the last time around, because I, if I don't say it, I'll, I'll just keep getting sidetracked. Um, uh, tactical manipulation was one of the benefits. Um, you may reroll one reserve roll or force the enemy to reroll uh, re one reserve roll. That was one that was. Uh, it's relatively potent, but at the same time, it can be relatively benign, especially if the enemy doesn't have any kind of a tactical re reserve role that they're using, or if you're not using anything yourself. 
Um, another benefit that we had was high ground. Your warlord and his unit can add one to their overwatch. Again, it could be potentially beneficial, or it may not actually matter if your character and their his unit never get a chance for overwatch, or if they just don't have any good weapons. But uh, the dishonor table, well, like the number one that we had on that was descent in the ranks. You decrease your warlord's leadership by two. And uh, units must any him and his unit must use the warlord's leadership, even if the unit's leadership is better. That's what I like that. Damn, that's harsh. So, and then uh, another one to kind of go inside with that was questionable leadership, and that just says uh, your warlord's lookout sir is uh, reduced uh, to a three up. I like that. Those so. are some pretty good like twists into like dishonor. I like it. It's a good mm-hmm. twist. And again, it's, it was never supposed to be anything that was incredibly invasive, but it's just supposed to be things that are reflecting the idea that your your character is is not performing as a leader should, and therefore, you know, the guys that are fighting for him are starting to question his leadership, starting to question his tactics, and you know, you're starting to see the ramifications of that. But there was a really fun one that I, I do want to touch on for that, and this one I was really proud of. Uh, number six for that was fun. It's called Blood Feud, and uh, your warlord gains hatred, and then it's the named character, and that rule only applies when facing that named character. So if your warlord ends up getting his ass handed to him by, like, a, you, like let's say one of you guys brings, like, a special named character, let's just call him Frank or whatever, and, and Frank beats him, and he gets that. He he gets hatred, Frank. So if you guys end up facing each other again in another campaign mission, he now has hatred, Frank. <laughs> that's pretty nice. dope. That's, that's wow. That's a pretty sick rule. So before we like keep going off on like some yeah, yeah. like what I'm gonna say is this is and I feel like we've done this to everyone. I, I want you to sell me on. Uh, the steps of perdition. Like, just sell me the event. Like, you know, why would I want to go to this event? Okay. Well, other than everything you just said. <laughs> yes. Other than any, like, pretend like I'm like an absolute idiot, and I'm like, all right, why would I want to go to this? Like, okay. what's going to make me want to go out on Saturday, the 25th of May, to uh, play this event? Okay. Well, the the number one thing is anything that I say to you right now is not going to do justice at all to the people that are going to be there. We've already got a bunch of people that have signed up. Um, we've got some been, we're, we've got some special gifts that were given out to people. If you pre-sign, if you go ahead and uh, uh, purchase your tickets before January 1st, you get some bonuses. If you're one of the first 10 players to sign up, you get some additional bonuses in your swag bag. But that's all just like icing on the cake. The, the people that are going to be there, that is the reason to go. They're, you're going to have some of the coolest, most relaxed, most enjoyable, fun-loving guys imaginable there. Everybody is just hilarious. They're great. I've, I've never had so much fun in a room. I didn't even want to like sit. Like The first time I hosted this event, and, and the second time I hosted our event last year, I didn't even want to sit at the table. Like the the head table. I was walking around the whole time. My legs were hurting, and I didn't even notice it because I was having such a good time just BSing with everybody. But as far as like the technical side, the there's three main things that our events prioritize above everything else. Number one is the narrative. We we do our best to provide a very strong narrative. 
we focus on giving you something that you can sink your teeth into and you know we let you know the impact of what what the game is we we give you narrative as far as the day that you're playing we give you backstory on the planet and the forces the factions and the ramifications of the outcomes of the battles that you're playing we do our best to try and give you feedback uh, between the days so like how day one ends up, we'll, we'll let you know how that's going to affect day two. And then we let you know how that's going to, you know, tentatively be affecting how things will go into our follow-up events and so on and so forth. Um, number two, our terrain. We, we, prior, we prioritize our terrain. Um, I, don't, I don't like to talk shit about other events. And I, I, I'm going to bring this up, and I use this as an example because... I feel that this is a very good example of what some people consider okay and what others don't. Um, the London GT um, was a very big event last year, and that was an event that got a lot of flack, and I was definitely one of those guys who gave them a hard time uh, because of the terrain that they had. Uh, there were a lot of tables that had basically just foam blocks on them for line of sight blocking terrain, and that was a competitive level GT. And there were there were a lot of people who were very okay with that terrain because their their focus their priority was on competitive playing, and their focus was on leveling that playing field. And it you know that does level the playing field when the terrain is predictable and it's it's repetitive and you you take a lot of the the uneven factor out of it. But that's not something you're going to have with us. You're going to have these dynamic multiple tier multiple story tables and. This year, we've got some tables that we're working on that are going to have multiple stories, as in, like, you're going to have Zone Mortalis up above, and then you're going to have two feet underneath it that are raised catwalks and, like, close quarters, almost Necromunda-style fighting. And you're going to have, like, lava underneath the floor. You're not even going to be able to touch the floor. Your guys will die. So you're, you're basically going to be fighting in gantry walkways and then in ZM above if you guys end up deciding to play on those tables. We've, we're going to have other tables that are like massive oil rigs. You may have seen some of those. We, we've had those in, in the past year. Um, uh, what is it? We've also got – there's another – there's a Kickstarter that just got funded. I backed that. Uh, Rampart, I think, is what it was called. Those guys ended up having uh, – well, anyways, it doesn't really matter. Um, they've got some new plastic terrain sets that they're coming out with that are fully magnetized, and I ended up uh, backing them for like 10 of their sets. We're going to have a brand new plastic terrain series that we're going to have put together. Again, multiple stories, a lot of really detailed terrain. Um, I, I I wish I could, I could just expound on that enough, but if you want to see the kind of terrain that you're, you're going to be getting by coming to our event, go look at our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Ferex 30 K. Um, and just look at the photos from our event and look at, look at the fun people are having playing on our train. And I challenge you to find another event that has terrain of that quality. Um, cause that's, that's our priority. And if you see some terrain out there that is better than ours, let me know and let me know what you want to see. And I will do whatever we can to make sure that we've got that. Very nice. Uh, number three, uh, swag. Um, as far as the actual event itself, when it comes to the ticket price, a hundred percent of our ticket price goes to cover the cost of the space. Uh, excuse me, I need to take a drink here. <laughs> that is pretty intense, though. That that's 
Wow. That's, uh, I mean, that's what you want. Ultimately, that's, I think that's what the heresy crowd is more interested in is that super intense, um, like gritty narrative feel where, you know, there are things in the, in the game that can sway it wildly unbalanced. But I mean, that's the nature of, of, uh, the game really is not to so much be balanced, but more so to just be narrative and fun and, kind of feel like you're contributing to something and that's something we've definitely tried to incorporate uh here out on the east coast as well and it's awesome to hear that you guys are doing that out there as well but uh like i was saying and as far as our our ticket price 100 percent of our cost goes to cover the event space and then the rest of that goes 100 percent to cover the swag bags and the price support and we work very hard to build lasting and beneficial relationships with sponsors. That way we can provide as many prizes and rent and everything we do short of if a sponsor wants us to do like Cromlech, they, they really like to do uh, best painted awards. So we always try and fulfill those when, when they want us to do best painted, we will gladly do best painted. Uh, but otherwise, most everything that we do is a random draw. And at our first event with 18 people there, we had enough price draws that we went through everyone like three different times. Everybody got something. And we still had even more wow. stuff that I somehow managed to forget at home and I wasn't able to bring. So we ended up having even more stuff at our second event to give away. So, oh, that's awesome. And so that's. That's the the thing that probably stands out the most to me is the fact that we had so many so many different companies that have decided to sponsor us and have stood by us and supported this crazy adventure from the get go. And I mean, I'm I when you really sit down and look at it, I don't have any huge credentials on. It. I'm not a big studio. I don't have. I'm not a big GT goer. I'm not a big name. I don't have a podcast. I don't have any kind of big reach out there. I don't know. I know people, but it's not like I know people. You know what I mean? So the the fact that I've we we've had so many people give us such positive reception and so much support, I I really feel truly blessed and and so thankful for it and. I, I, we just couldn't have done it without all of the support we had last year. And we have, we've had several different sponsors from last year that have already committed to wanting to be season sponsors for this year. Um, and we've had other sponsors that have decided, I mean, they weren't, they didn't participate last year, but they've also decided they want to help this year. Um, That's awesome. Hammerhead games, Mears miniatures, uh, conversion world, death ray designs, uh, Beard and Brush Studios, Wargame Model Mods, all of those guys are, are going to be helping us out this year. And those are just the ones that have decided they want to help us out so far. We haven't even really had a chance to kick off our uh, sponsorship drive yet. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that that's really awesome. That's Holy shit. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's something uh, eventually one day we'll get to here on the East Coast. I know. I was gonna say I got I gotta see if that uh, extended family of mine out there in Kansas is uh, gonna let me uh, stay there for a little bit. <laughs> that would be amazing. That sounds like an awesome event. I wish you guys were closer. I totally would be uh, down to make that. But, well, I'll uh, tell you. I'll tell you what. If we can ever uh, get support, if we can ever get to the point where we are 
self-supportive enough to where we could make the trip out there, I would love to be able, because I mean, the, the goal, the, the literal dream goal would be if we could get to the point where we are self-sufficient and we could just run a massive tournament circuit. But I mean, it'd be great to be able to do 40K and 30K and just be able to say once a month, Hey, this, you know, X weekend, we load everything up and we're spending, you know, three or four days travel, like maybe a couple days traveling out somewhere and we're just run, you know, we're setting up an event, running it and then we're headed back. I would, I would love that. That, that, that literally would be perfect for me. So that was uh pretty wild. That was, that, um, yeah. Taking fires, man. That sounds fucking awesome. That's going to be one really, really good event. I'm kind of jealous. It's really far away. Yeah, bring it closer, man. <laughs> be cool. We be we would. I will go. Make it on the east coast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Bring it to the east coast. Heresy is exploding here in the east coast and in North America. Mm. Mm. We're gonna make East Coast the uh, place to be for Heresy. The premier location for 30k on the in the United States. Yep. You love that word premier. You know. It's because it's just can't get enough. It's of it. premier. <laughs> it's a pre- yeah, see? See? Kyle gets it. Alright, so that was the next one of the interview. Uh this next one with Ben. Uh personal favorite. I played him. Excellent guy. Absolutely uh love hearing other opinions because we kinda have a biased opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the nice thing is Ben is so like Laid back. What's, what, yeah, he's so like laid back and not like he he is actually presenting, uh, um, like you know, a logical he, argument, not an yeah, emotion. yeah, just being like, well, fuck you, you have cancer, and you're like, well, I mean, I got cancer from that statement, but okay. <laughs> so it's it's a nice interview, yeah. So it's uh, if if you're like super anti eighth, like most like most of us on the show are, um, don't don't skip this interview. It's actually really good, um. I did not have to restrain myself with him. It was awesome. So strap yourself in. Uh, if you put your pants back up, take them back down, put a little bit of lotion on there, get, get that skin mo- uh, moistened up. Cause it's going to need, you're going to need it for round two. What's up guys. Uh, I know that we kind of transitioned off into Ben's interview, but. Uh, it turns out that that got really messed up and it wasn't really legible. So we're going to have him back on the show at some point. It's going to sound like he was in the interview because we pre-recorded everything uh, for this episode. So instead, we're actually going to live stream an interview with Mortarion. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Mortarion. Hello, this is Mortarion. Primarch of the Death God. Thank you for having me on today. What does it feel like smelling farts all day? Well, this this mask, what it does is it's 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 not really a filter. It, it enhances the flavors as they come in and uh, recycles them with my with my uh, breath, with the odors that are coming out of my gut. <laughs> so it's uh, it's 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 rather invigorating, I guess you could say. Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. Okay, well, that explains a lot of your behavior there during the heresy, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I. I don't know. It's my preference, you know. I mean, the thing is, though, that I can still smell the space wolves through all of this <laughs> when I get around them. You know, it drives me nuts. Like, how does that happen? How do you still smell like wet dog through farts and stomach bile? I don't. I, I you know, what? I just don't get it. 
I don't get it. You know, it's a talent that I wish I, my legion would be able to pick up on to smell that bad. But <laughs> you know, what the fuck. So you can't win them all, I guess. We're uh, we're currently in the scouring because we're pretending nothing happened after the scouring. Can you still smell wet dog? Still smell only, only when they get close enough. You know, I mean, Russ is lost somewhere in the uh, in the eye of terror, wandering around. Oh, okay. You know, he's, he's, so every once in a while, when he gets close enough, you could smell him. You could. You know, smell the wet dog, you throw a bone, he runs away, you don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> All right, well, that's, that's an interesting perspective from uh, Mortarian in the Eye of Terror. Thanks a lot. All right, so guys, remember, we will get Ben on. Ben, truly sorry, don't know what happened to the uh, audio for this. It's not legible. Uh, and guys, you're going to have to bear with us. It's like uh, going to transition back into uh, <laughs> us pretending like we had the interview. All right. And that is Craig Bob. Right. So, uh, welcome everyone to the Road to Damnation, a Horus Heresy podcast. Uh, on this mini-sode, we have with us uh, one of the, I'd say, organizers for the New England 30K group, Kyle. Hey, everybody. What's going on? And we also have Shane. Hey, I'm kind of here. It's, it's like much less impressive. <laughs> it's not nearly as exciting. I, I would like to say before we start off, uh, hashtag fuck Brad. Ah! Yes. <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> I, I'm definitely team in hashtag. Uh, I'm team team fuck Brad. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that to do with the fact that you don't play on a, uh, a loyalist? Uh, no, actually, I did in the New Jersey event. I did play Brad. And uh, let me tell you, I fucked Brad. oh yeah brad got nothing out of that game i'm pretty sure if i remember your first game brad got nothing yeah uh that was the um actually the infamous clip of when brad's yelling with his nerd rage voice (laughs) oh yeah chris was trying to record it and he sent it to his wife (laughs) yeah (laughs) jesus christ So, yeah, that was a fun time. Um, so before we get it, I, I guess the best way to start this is how did you get into the... Well, I'll, hang on, back it up a little bit. First off, Kyle, tell us uh, what, what, who you are, like, you know, what, what you do as far as uh, for the hobby and stuff with uh, New England. Uh, well, I'm Kyle, obviously. Um, I'm one of the organizers, admins, whatever the fuck you want to call us, for New England 30K. Uh, which is the premier horse heresy group in New England. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, with uh, with the team of admins, uh, we've got uh, both Tim and Phil, who Shane knows as well as our buddy Steve. Um, and we kind of, yeah, we, we rule with an iron fist. That's cool. What, uh, what got you got? Well, since the other two, well, the other three, uh, uh, you know, I came from, I got into the hobby in 2003 with, uh, my buddy showing me pictures of, uh, the third edition rule book in seventh grade. For a long time I played Imperial Guard. Um, and I kind of dropped out of the hobby around sixth and seventh, uh, you know, going through college and all that. Got back in, um, and played a little bit of eighth, uh, quickly decided that was absolute fucking trash. So I was like, all right, what else can I do? And, you know, I'd always read, I'd been reading the Horus Heresy since it came out with Horus Rising. And I was like, well, fuck it. Why don't I, why don't I try this and see if anybody plays? Um, 
So it was actually only in December of 16 that I played my first 30K game. And that was with Tim. Um, and I believe I won. So hashtag fuck Tim. <laughs> <laughs> actually, uh, realistically, hashtag fuck Galverback. <laughs> mm, mm, that's fair. Yeah. Wait. Now, Tim ran those Galverback, right? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, still runs them. I yeah. Forgot. I, that's, I, I don't know why I always associate him with Death Card now. I think it's just because he's been playing it for the last year straight. I know, but like, <laughs> I've never, I, I think, I, uh, maybe I have played him in Death Card. Yeah, I have. That's right. I don't remember. Nova was a long time ago. And You're I was, too drunk at Nova. I think I was the only <sighs> sober person at Nova. <laughs> Dude, that, <laughs> that was quite an event, let me tell you. Yeah, I will be, uh, I will be in the Big Lamb Rejects this year. Nice. Yeah, me too. I, I, oh. I had to apologize for my actions at one point at Nova. <laughs> I uh, I did the big blam last year, and there was a lot of fun, but 180,000 points on the table is a fucking big game, and I just do not have that in me anymore. Yeah, it, nothing against yeah. it. It's just vibe. It's too much for me personally. Um, it's It looks amazing, and that's I love that guys actually play that because I like to spectate and you know shit talk on the side, but... <laughs> I definitely yeah. don't want to participate. I think the plan for next year is um, if uh, if they have a twenty eight mil Adeptus Titanic, as I may, you know, participate in that. That would be fun. I I could I could get behind that. That would be fucking dope. Like have a big ass Titan walk, but in Titanicus yeah. scale, like the Titan Owners but Club ti- do. Well, Titanicus rules. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's, that's yeah. what I mean. Like kind of similar to like how the Titanicus uh, Titan Owners Club does. Yep, that'd be dope. Yeah, that's. I think I feel like that is the problem with those large battles. They look epic, but there's so much going on and there's so much chaos. Trying to keep it into a timely fashion is quite crazy. Yeah, it's also hard to justify. I think like how destructive Titan class weaponry is with the yeah. with the current rule set. You know what I mean? Like we have the D table, yeah, but I don't think it really it's, describes it, it. It's shit. Yeah. No, I I talk about this in the. Our previous episode, I'm not a fan of uh, the one or the six result of the D table. I think it's absolutely fucking asinine that my warlord can sit there and just rain fucking hate on you. And then you're just like, oh, hey, I, you, you missed because you rolled a one on a six sided dice. Fuck you. Something should happen. Yeah. I also think that on the D table, uh, if you roll a cover save, it should remove the cover. I think it's stupid. Yeah, I, I, and like, the other like thing if you get if you if you manage to save yourself behind a little tiny tree, that tree should just be. You should just take it off the table afterwards. Like that tree's fucking gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and I also think it's stupid too that if you get a six and it's just pull the model. Like I don't know. I, I don't know. Not my thing. Yeah, I mean it was. It's pretty funny um, when you roll a six. And you're like, yeah, I do d six plus six wins. That's twelve. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking of the stomp table again. We <laughs> talked about this on the episode. God damn it. I'm just impressed that Lewis can catch a 12. <laughs> well, I mean, he does pull his shoe off for that, so. <laughs> Yo, in, in my line of work, if I can't count to 12, I'll be uh, in, in some sort of trouble. <laughs> I know. That's right. Hey, man, that's what I'm here for you, buddy. I got your back. Don't worry. <laughs> Text up Shane all the time. Hey, what's 8 plus 3? <laughs> 8 plus 4? <laughs> <laughs> one plus one is eleven, correct? Yes. <laughs> you you just add the two know. together. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So um, at Nova, you had Sons of Horus. Was that your first Legion that you picked? Yeah, that is. Uh, I think it's probably going to be uh, my first and only Legion for a little bit. Um, nice. I really, I love the Sons. Um, you know, and and not just for Horus. I, I think I really, I like the whole idea of the Legion. Like, fuck you, we are the best. Hashtag fuck space wolves. <laughs> that's that's an appropriate response. All right, this is going uh, well. This is, but yeah, I, I really, <clears throat> I, I do. I love the fact that. The Suns were, you know, the best of the best. They were, you know, first among equals, but they were, you know, when you need shit done, you sent in the Suns. I have so much shit talking I'm going to do right now, but we're doing an interview, <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, I'll be nice. <laughs> I can't help it. Ah. Okay, all right, all right. Let me rephrase that. When you shit need, when you need shit done, but you still need the planet intact, you sent in the Suns. Is that uh, better, Shane? That's a little better, but I'm, I'm still. <laughs> I'm still a little salty. Look, <laughs> everyone knows World Eaters are basically the Suicide Squad. You send in and just hope that they win. <laughs> my f- no, my favorite is the description. I forget what Black Book it is, where it's like they're literally sent in when you just. It's like fuck it, like it's a lost cause. Just send them in because we don't care how it turns out, just as long as they're dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You send you send in the World Eaters, and you hope that none come back, so you don't have to deal with them anymore. <laughs> you- yeah, you send in what you do. See, you send in the space wolves, or the oh, oh, that's insulting. I just mixed up uh, Sons of Horrors with space wolves. Oh, oh how does that make oh, you that feel? By the way, uh, um, I'm triggered. Actually, <laughs> you send in the Sons of Horrors when you want uh, them to take all the credit while the auxilia pulls all the weight. Oh, <laughs> got him! <laughs> now that you're, uh, that's awesome. That Sons of Horrors are your first legion because they look great, dude. What nice. I saw in Nova was was really nice. I love the effect you did. What was that? The um, wasn't a fell blade. It was a falchion, right? Yeah. Yep. Falchion. Yeah. The, the, with the chains and the skulls and shit. That was awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm. Uh, at some point, um, I want to go back and kind of redo that a little bit more on um, on all my all my vehicles. Um, I actually have a uh, I have the CK Studios airbrushing 101 course coming up this weekend. Nice. Um, so Very nice. I'll be, Hopefully, uh, doing a little bit more detail work on my my sons after that. Awesome, dude! That's great. You gotta uh, make sure you get some pictures to uh, either myself or Lewis, so we can get that out on the podcast page. Yeah, people definitely. love to see that kind of work. Yeah, we're quite the uh, podcast posters. I think we've done a terrible <laughs> job till this point, but yeah. we're getting there. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this isn't about us. This is about you. Yeah. <laughs> Still turning it on. Oh. <laughs> so we have Sons of Horus, you know, the New England 30K scene. Describe that to us. Like, is, is it a thriving scene? Is it popping out and more people turning to the uh, light and avoiding the darkness? Of I mean, it looks, yeah. You guys just had an event this past weekend, didn't you? Uh, yeah. We, uh, was it last weekend? I think it was last weekend. Yeah, we had a uh, little apocalypse game. Uh, ended up being about 10,000 points aside. But uh, traders did take the day, um, so I'm yeah. very happy with that fact. Fuck, uh, hashtag fuck loyalists. Yeah, fuck uh, salamanders. <laughs> uh, we I actually, even... uh, I think we have one salamander player, maybe two. Um, I feel bad for you. But uh, one is too many. Like, you can't go bad <laughs> <laughs> because just Aaron's are just as annoying as fire drakes. But just Aaron's no. are over go over costed like. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love my just Aaron. Ask anybody in New England 30K. I am known for just my. I love the idea of just a death ball of just Aaron rolling down the field. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Figure out a way to deal with that shit. <laughs> Strength eight does it really well, but it does. Yeah, but it, you know what though? It feels very. That's the one nice thing about running like the and I'm I'm don't take this the wrong way, but the running the quote atypical and quote. Um, Death Star thing with Sons of Horses, if it feels very fluffy for them because that's kind of what they do. Yeah, they take a Death Star, they run in, kill the big whatever, you know, cut the head off the snake, and then they move the fuck on. Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm coming up with a 2,500 point list for uh, my dream team, which is going to mm-hmm. be Horus, and I think 17 just Aaron. In a list? Shit, dude. <laughs> Are you putting him into Mastodon? Because that would just be awesome. No, so it'll be Horus and a Chaplain, just Artificer Armor, and eight just Aaron, seven just Aaron, and a Special K. Okay. The other ten just Aaron will be in two squads, and they get Anvilus as dedicated transports. Uh-huh. Not a fun and then uh, two Lightnings with absolutely nothing on them except for the last cans just to come around and I don't know annoy people. Though the what 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 on that? Uh, I'm just gonna have two lightnings just mm. like plain, but just with the last cans just to run around and hey, you know what? You might get a lucky pen. Mm. And what what's the right of war you're running again? Uh, so that I think I can actually run as uh, the long march, but do not quote me on that. I really haven't fleshed out that list enough. Well, if you if you can, you should run as Primarch's chosen, right? And then I could uh, yeah, yeah. and then put him as a uh yeah. but I love I love the long march. It honestly that that is my favorite right of war. Uh okay. it has saved me so many times because uh you know I normally I, I run my guys up the field. I'm not big on drop pods or anything for the most part. That new list is different, but um having fleet in no man's land is amazing. Mm. That's yeah. true. And uh, and just being able to potentially reroll that charge and oh, it's so good. Dude. That's true. I'll go for like the longest charges with the just airing. So I'm like, oh fuck it, you can Overwatch with your two bolter shots. I'm not really worried about that. And then uh, let's see if I can get this. Two. So you, you would you uh, on the same level? Just airings, Galvorback, and uh, fire drakes. Ooh, no, they're not. I, what? I would actually put Galvor back a little bit higher because they've got T5 and um, T5 is fucking nuts. Like when I played against Chris, holy shit, in his fists with uh, T5. That yeah. was the just Aaron don't often die in close quarters, but they died. <laughs> but then I just killed him with plasma guns. And that's due to his right of war that he runs. It, it's yeah. the, the stone gauntlet. It's so good. It's a tough, it's a tough. You know, for anyone, that's a tough list. Yeah, Stone Gauntlet is tough, but it's fun. It. It's fluffy, and honestly, you know, I think steering the conversation a little bit back towards New England, I think that is a great way to describe our meta. Is we are super fluffy. Like we don't have a lot of whack faggots. Um, you know, we we generally like chase them off or make them mend their ways. Good, um, but we are. I mean, you you know, and. You know, not to kind of like toot the admin team's own horn or, you know, Shane knows most of us and knows, you know, how we like to play and how we like to see games run and everything. And we really push that narrative down on our players. 
Yeah, Phil runs this. Um, what the hell is that? That destroyer list. Oh yeah, his I, Ultramarines destroyer. Yeah, I don't think which, he's ever won a game with it. Oh uh, no, he's won. He'll he'll tell you he's won against me because for some reason, <laughs> running my fucking world eaters. That I'm like okay, like I've, I've I pride myself on these world eaters lists, and somehow Phil rolls up and just fucking Leroy Jenkins me, and just fucking smashes my shit in every time. Like I need a five inch charge, I roll a four. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> so, um, my first in the first game of uh, Eris that I the Eris was the system that New England 30K was playing in. Um, I played Phil in like the first event because, you know, I was brand new and whatnot. And I remember Phil attempting to he had to kill like two of my dreadnoughts or whatnot. So he charges my Mortis dreadnought with his Delegatus and he's got melt bombs and <laughs> he, he, he fails to armor saves from getting stepped on. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he does have really bad luck with those dice rolls. Yeah, he does. Except against me. He'll be, he'll be like, you need a six to instant death my it'll be a you need a six to instant death and ground oh I, I i got a six and i'm like what the fuck is happening right now all right let me just pass this three up armor safe oh there's a two all right well fuck me then okay <laughs> see you guys i'm going home pretty sure you had that luck when we were playing titanicus so oh did i roll poorly i don't really remember except from taking out my warlords ah fuck you couch <laughs> fuck you warlord <laughs> that dude so, you know, just being on the the uh, New England page, you guys run a bunch of different events. And you were telling me a bit about that, so tell me a bit more about that. So we've kind of, um, you know, because we do have uh, kind of a big admin team for the amount of players that we have, mm-hmm. um, we're able to very well split up the duties. Um, so I was telling Lewis earlier <clears> that basically we've kind of split everything up between the four of us. So um i'll do i think i'm in charge of one or two events this year uh i think two and i kind of also like take charge of the traders and like rally them and, and whatnot um steve does another two he he kind of leads our apoc games and he um he also does all the loyalist stuff um and then tim and phil they they're kind of like the specialist games so tim also does the militia because he's big into that right now um like you know system pdf and all this stuff because we're kind of building building our narrative out for 2019 to have an entire system that we're going to be fighting over or uh i think it's a sector actually um and then tim is also doing the battlefleet heresy stuff and then phil's going to be heading up our at and something else sorry phil no it's it's awesome it's it's nice to see a bunch of different heresy related games in the same uh, platform all coming together, and it'd be pretty cool. Uh, something that we could all learn from. I know NJ can. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm actually going to uh, attempt to come to the first betrayer event. So, ooh, look betrayer. at you go, huh? Yeah, betrayer, he's gonna make it to the NJ event in the 25th. That's two in one month. Yep. So the the NJ is actually really easy. Um, because Chelsea's family, that's where I went after, uh, your event, Lewis. Nice. Um, they're only like 25 minutes away. Well, which so, part of, uh, NJ are they in? Bridgewater. Okay. I yeah. I know Bridgewater. That's not too far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just pretty much hopped on like these back, back road highways and, you know, almost got eaten by the Jersey devil, but 
Well, that's, yeah. I mean, the minute you cross over the bridge, you're just like, oh, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely want to try and do a little bit more more traveling this year. Um, just to, you know, experience how different areas run different things. And, you know, I've been, you know, the, the PA crew is awesome. Um, hashtag uh, fuck Brad. And, uh, you know, just uh, I met Frenchie and Ben for the first time. And I saw Al again from Nova. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they were just absolutely awesome guys. Um, and then, you know, the meeting, the, the New Jersey crew for the first time was, was awesome. I had a ton of fun at that event. I'll definitely go back. Hopefully get to win another box. (laughs) That's awesome, man. I appreciate, uh, it's always nice to hear the, it's nice to hear other gaming clubs affirm that we're not dicks because sometimes you can well, say you're, you're a not a dick oh well i mean i knew that i know you're not oh gotcha <laughs> did he get i mean yeah no that's fair but uh um, no, I mean, i'm pretty sure shane has dick written across his forehead <laughs> oh yeah the, no the uh i just finished putting the lubriderm on it to keep the tattoo healed <laughs> yep, we're good it's good that's no funny. it's nice to hear from other gaming clubs though because sometimes you're like oh like let me just run my custodes and then i'm gonna ally uh, fucking salamander with fire drakes with them you're like that's fine right (laughs) (laughs) so i'm not gonna lie i actually do have custode models but i refuse to play them i just really like the models oh yeah well i mean yeah who doesn't they're they're fucking gorgeous the uh the aquilon terminators are actually i believe what got me back into 30k really yeah i if i were to run a custodes army it would be all infantry and there would be a shitload of Quillon Terminators. There would be zero Hateran Guard because fuck those guys. Uh, but yeah, I love the Aquilon Terminator sculpts. They're just so fucking cool with the fire pikes and the lightning claw. Yeah, yeah, that is fucking dope. I agree. So I was going to say they're definitely a gorgeous model, but I just they're so overpowered, dude. I I absolutely agree. Like I love lightning claws. Like they are absolutely the fucking worst. I ran lightning claws at Nova. On my Delegatus, fucking worst idea ever. But I love <laughs> the Delegatus. I, <laughs> I love the I love lightning claws, and I love the Aquilon Terminator sculpts with the. He's got that huge fucking flamethrower in one hand, just like oh, I'm gonna burninate the people, and then I'm just gonna slash them up too. Yeah, man. Whoa, that was uh, messed up on my computer. Sorry about that. Everything all right? Yeah, I don't know what just happened. We'll just ignore that. <laughs> Just edit this out because we're real great at editing. Uh, editing doesn't happen on this show. <laughs> Let's be real. No, I've listened to the podcast before. <laughs> Surprisingly, there is some editing. It's normally just to take out background noise because we find the funny links between all of us. It's just it just adds to the comedy. Um, <laughs> so you know. Kind of uh, pretty interested. So I've been like screaming that we want more people to come and push our events. And you have a heresy event on March 16th. I do. Um, so that is going to be the Ides of Heresy, which the location is still to be determined, but it's probably going to be in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, well, Quincy, actually, but it's a suburb of Boston. Uh, so that's going to be my event for... Uh, the first half of this year. Um, it's actually going to be, I can spoil it because I haven't told my players yet. Uh, we are going to have doubles first and then it will drop off to singles. Um, and the whole idea, because it takes place on 
as close to the Ides of March as I could, which the Ides is, I believe, the 15th, and this takes place on the 16th. Um, so the whole idea behind this event is going to be betrayal. Um, going to you know, tie in a little bit of uh, historical context to it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're, we're entering this new system for the first time. Um, you know, they've been out of touch. Uh, they don't really know that Istvan has happened, that the traitors are the traitors. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of slaughter of innocents. Um, it's going to be great. It'll be grand fun. I'm probably going to steal a bunch of rules from everybody. I like that. You know, it's, you know, you always go to someone else's event and you're like, I like that idea. I might take that. I like oh, that yeah. idea too. <laughs> I'm definitely stealing the uh, Shane's mission for slaughtering civilians. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I I played that with Brad, and I was like, I just want to kill people. <laughs> it's it's so much fun, and like, of course, like uh, I haven't even played it. That's the worst part. <laughs> so you know what's awesome about being uh, Sons of Horus and running the Long March is in your own deployment zone, you're relentless. So when your 20-man tactical blob is just holed up in cover and they can just shoot loyalists or shoot civilians and then they can charge civilians because they're, you know, within the the distance, like in cover. And you're just, you're just raising the death toll incrementally each turn. It's amazing. <laughs> I have yet to play that mission too, so I'm, I'm interested. Uh, I guess for loyalists, it's not as fun. <laughs> Just uh, just keep all your you know big things in reserve, so that, that way, uh, you're not forced to decide whether you want to face a Horus Death Star with just Aaron or a twenty man assault squad of melt bombs against your Falchion when you're going second. Hi, Brad. <laughs> That's your Falchion. Oh, Brad, are you gonna take this? <laughs> of course, he's gonna take it. He's not here. <laughs> we'll get a comment like, "Fuck that guy." <laughs> Um, no, I'm pretty excited to see this event. Um, you know, it's gonna be March, dope. 16, March 16th. I'm pretty excited. Uh, I should definitely be able to make that one. Yeah, I hope you can, man. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Expect a lot of extra bullshit. Ooh, That's, it's always good. I might have a sec. I might have a different army I can bring to this event, though. <laughs> that depends if I get my painting gear into and start painting <laughs> Titanicus. Because not gonna happen. <laughs> uh, let me just put a guess out for you. Not gonna happen. No, I've i stuff for the game. It just keeps adding up. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was definitely looking at the uh, the warlord with the power claw and the plasma cannon because it just. If I were to run a warlord, I think I would have the power fist on it because it just looks so cool. It looks cool. It's very impractical, though. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely useless. Like, don't get me wrong, you know, with the... It's the same thing with a Reaver. Like, it looks cool, but it's just so terrible. <laughs> like, oh, look, I, I've... I've, you know, I hit on fives. I'm, I'm not even going to go there with the Reaver, because Titans don't like to be in combat, and they have a smash attack, which is size plus one, and it's D3 attacks. So a Reaver is size eight, so it's not strength nine with deep free attacks whereas the power fist is strength eight and chain fist is strength nine and it's one and two t two attacks uh, so what you're saying is it's literally better just to smash yep. than it is to punch yep oh, that's just sad it, it needs to be changed <laughs> but yeah with the reaver <laughs> it's just better to smash it into the titan 
than to literally use its fists. Yeah, I have to keep that in mind. I um, looking at the the twenty eight mil titans. I don't yeah. know how I feel about that Warbringer. I really don't. Oh, the the Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you how you feel about that. It's shit. It's a hundred percent shit. Yeah, I just I I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I'm I'm not gonna go on the same rampage as we did on the podcast, but the two spotters on the top seem like they're pointless. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I 100 agree with that as well. It's it, I mean you're in a they call them god machines. Why would it need a spotter? And why, why would, would it need a human spotter? The flesh is weak. It's uh and then also I well I think Chris made a good point with a gun that size you expect it to be shorter and probably maybe have like four legs instead of two so it can bunker down or or like the legs of like a uh, Daredevil. So yeah. when it does fire the big weapon, it's it's kind of anchored into the ground. Yeah, or just like, I don't know, they could even do, you know, like on those, uh, the big cranes where you get the supports to come out on the side, like something like that to brace the Titan. Because, I mean, think of, think about how much recoil and pull you're going to have off that main, the quick gun. It would be pretty funny if it had like an effect on the game, game structure. You should take notes. Where you fire it, fire it and then on a roll of a one, the uh, Titan falls over. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually you push it back and anything it crushes dies. <laughs> it's just it can't it can't deal with firing the big gun. I just no, it's actually a it's a it's a funky looking model and they're pushing so hard for it. I guess they're so proud of it, but it's it just... also like a you know, like AP three. Like it's supposed to be a Titan killing gun and it's AP three. Like what are you doing? <laughs> I think I've bashed this enough. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. They were probably drunk. And they were like, Imagine if it had like a big gun on top. That oh, kills cool. Marines. Because that's what you want to shoot with your Titan weaponry. Yeah. I've... Don't I mean, know what, what I've sort of Reaver uh, Gatling blaster is, though. Like yeah. Six or eight, like, Marine killing templates. Bye. That's If you play Titanicus and you see these weapons... You have to assume they are bringing some sort of infantry or lighter armored vehicle that these guns will be useful against. Because as of right now, they're just void shield uh, weapons. Trainers, yeah. Take the void shield out and then hit them with the heavy weapon. I hope so. I have a bunch of old epic uh, Imperial Guard stuff I'd love to use again. I, yeah, man. I'm I'm feeling like it's probably going that way because once they get through majority of the Titan classes. What's next? Vehicles. Then uh, after that, like heavy weapons. Flyers. Squads. Yeah, flyers too. I know uh, Phil wants to do some uh, Aeronautica Imperialis. All right. So to round this off, so this isn't like a completely really long minisode, which generally ends up happening. Uh, so we're in an elevator. You got two minutes to tell me why everyone should come to. Uh, the event on March 16th. Give me your best elevator speech. Uh, well, uh, you should come to the event on March 16th if you want to play with adults who have fully painted armies because that is one thing that NE30K is pushing is uh, fully painted and based for 2019. It is a necessity for events. Um, 
and uh, you want to deal with uh, you know good people who want to have fun, and you know you're not going to cry when uh, extra bullshit happens to you because um, there's points of interest and there's shit that is not fair, and it's designed not to be fair, but fun and fluffy. Um, and yeah, you want to have a good time, and you know you can go see Boston afterwards. You can go, you know have dinner in the city, stay over or whatnot. If you if you guys are traveling that far, definitely recommend that. Also stopping off to a medical marijuana place. Uh, not even just medical, man. Now it's like anybody can go out there and buy whatever they want. So there you are. Two reasons to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Following that, we always ask, which Legion do you hate the most? It can be game-wise. It can be fluff-wise. It could just be like, I generally hate this Legion. So, uh, Legion, it would be, it would have to be Space Wolves, but I feel like they've been done to death on this podcast, (coughs) Shane. Um, hey, 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 hey. I'm actually, what? (laughs) I'm actually going to call out my buddy Steve. Um, okay. Steve runs Loyalist Luna Wolves, which is such a fucking. Get the fuck out of here. And uh, I like to give him shit ev- at every opportunity. So, uh, yeah, I'm calling you out publicly, Steve. Fuck you on your fucking bullshit. <laughs> Ooh. But can I just take a moment to say, that sounds really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he runs, like, uh, drop assault and everything. Oh, that's... Okay, that's cool. Is yeah. it is is the leader of his army Garvey or Loken? No, it's not, actually. Uh, he usually uses, like, a custom Praetor. It's, like, Mikhail something. I don't know. I've killed him, like, half a dozen times, so he used to keep coming up with new names. <laughs> Ouch. That's that's harsh. Yeah, I, I try to fight Steve whenever I can. Um, and I love Power Fist, because it doesn't fucking matter. You lose one save, and you're dead. <laughs> that is true. It is. It is. You've got a nice squad of... And it's double dozen... Doubles him out. That's it. Game over. <laughs> yeah. Good night. All right. So we got the Legion you hate the most is Luna Wolves because Steve plays them. Hashtag fuck Steve. <laughs> Hashtag fuck Steve. <laughs> so that's it's pretty cool though that he plays Luna Wolf. Does he have him painted in the uh, true Luna Wolf? So then the final and thing we like to lean out on is a funny story. So I kind of alluded to it earlier. But at the uh, New Jersey event, uh, I was playing Brad and uh, hashtag fuck Brad, <laughs> hashtag fuck Brad. And uh, I had already shot my Spartan at something. And I was like, oh, you know, I can I can power the machine spear. I've got this heavy bolter. He's got a squad of he's uh, got a squad of, you know, Salamander jet bikes. They look amazing. I'm like, oh, I'm going to shoot three shots over at them. I'm like, you know, three hits and uh, two wounds. I was like. All right, no, no big, you know. I'm just, I'm just throwing pot shots at him. Might have been three wounds actually. He failed all of them, <laughs> <laughs> and I do believe the squad died. And that's where the nerd rage Brad voice comes from. <laughs> Couldn't happen to a bigger cunt. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, fuck you, Brad. I, I just remember the first event. I was like, oh, you know, how many points you get, Brad? He goes, none. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, we played uh, Ambush, except I went first, and I was like the ambusher in the middle. And uh, 
yeah, I just you know Dude, you being Sons of Horus, I'm all about like close range shooting and uh you know melee and uh yeah, I just kind of clobbered him. <laughs> but he was a trooper and he he took it well. He took it with a smile on his face. He takes uh, a lot of things with a smile on his face. He does. He does take a lot of things with a smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Brad Brad's great. Yeah, he's fun. Yeah, he's definitely, you know, I've asked him like painting tips and 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 everything and you know, he really is definitely like a a pillar of the community down there, I think. Mhm. Where would PA be without hashtag for Brad? We'd have flying cars. <clears throat> <laughs> There'd be way less uh, flames. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. No, he's been uh, a huge help in pushing our painting meta really far. It's, it's been great. Yeah, I think that's definitely like the the hardest thing, um, you know, especially for like newer players is getting in, and coming from 40K is getting to the mindset that, yeah, you have to paint your little plastic models. Yeah, yeah that's true. You can't just do what Shane does with his space wall. Fucking yes, you can. You can't. Well, you're fucking. You're not the boss of me now. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm a fucking. I. I let me live my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, no painting uh, matter. It's it's weird. So I, you know, I ended up at the Jersey Devil painting contest, and I was speaking to Tim, who created that event, which was a boss, and he was saying like he went to one forty eighth edition tournament. And the guy he was playing against didn't have his army painted. And he was like, I put all this effort into creating a, a fun army for people to look at and play against. And you didn't resyndicate it. He's like, it kind of sucks. Yeah. It's very, it's very, it's rude and insulting. Yeah. Because, you know, they're saying that their time is more valuable than yours. Cause you know, they don't have time to paint. It was like, everybody can find time to paint. I paint, yep. you know, 20 minutes during breakfast. Yeah. It's the key right there. While you're chowing down a breakfast, take a paintbrush. You can get that like prime layer on or an airbrush. Yeah, I mean it's. Um, I think it's definitely you know. There's like the the guy who does the ten minute heresy, you know, every day. Um, and I think it's it's little things like that. Um, you know, just kind of working it into your day somehow, even if it's just a little bit amount of time. No, definitely agree with that. Definitely agree with that. That I mean, that pretty much should sum up the mini-sode. Um, if anyone uh, in the New England area uh, is looking to play 30K or get into it, reach out to these guys. They have a Facebook page. It's New England 30K. I found it pretty quickly. Um, yeah, we even accepted you, too. Yeah, it was pretty quick. It was like, oh, my God. So I'm on the they page. They don't know you yet. <laughs> no, it was me. I, he bribed me. <laughs> They they will once I, I make it to this event they'll be like that Lewis fucking never invite him back. <laughs> them wet them He's Western bad. grips hand jobs though that would be in any any group. So join join the uh, 30k page. Uh, reach out to them. They have got a bunch of events coming up. They have Battlefleet Gothic Heresy, regular 30k. I'm sure I will see some Titanicus on there. So it looks like a fun group. So reach out to them. Join their group Facebook group. Um. Other than that, I think that pretty much covers it. Unless one someone wants to say anything before we peace out and get the Craigbot out. Hashtag fuck Brad. That was bad. That was trash. <laughs> Absolutely abysmal. Why do we invite him on? It's a good. Should just start a new hashtag. Hashtag fuck Kyle. Hashtag Kyle's interview sucked. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> nah, it was fun. I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, man. It's always good to see a heresy event up in New England. It's great to see that the community is growing. Yeah, you guys are going fucking nuts up there. Yeah, we're getting um, getting wild. Yeah, yeah I think we've got uh, about eighty people in the group now. Nice. Getting that human centipede going. Mm. It's the best part. There you go. I'm I'm first, and it all goes downhill from there. <laughs> Shane, you're next. Eh, that's fair. I'm a, I'm also equally abysmal. <laughs> that human centipede. Oh, I didn't... wait. You want to be a part of it? No, in my head, I'm like thinking of the South Park joke where he's like cuttlefish and asparagus or uh, ice cream. And the guy's like, I will eat the cuttlefish. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no. See, I don't watch, uh, I don't watch South Park. It's fair enough. Your mind hasn't been tainted. <laughs> nah. oh, I'm pretty sure his mind is already tainted. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't need any help. Yeah, no. So, but yeah, kind of recap. We've had uh, an event that's going on. Uh, We've had on. traveling. Yeah. We have um, Ben, who's kind of given us a more neutral perspective if we haven't scared off any 8th edition players already. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's neutraling us and giving us a very fair perspective from both sides of the argument. And then we have uh, hashtag fuck Kyle. Yep. Hashtag Kyle's interview sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the New England area of gaming, and that's New England 30k on Facebook, if you wanted to join that group, the guys are really chill I'm Some in that group solid hobby in that group yes yeah, Lewis is unfortunately in that group yes, I'm, I'm like the plague, I come in I ruin it, it's all good <laughs> comes in, shows you how to lose team fire trick <laughs> <laughs> so, you keep him in this vehicle Allow the vehicle to be surrounded, and then you just lose the whole squad. Why not? That's how Vulcan did it. That's how America does it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, you know, got to find out there's an event, March 16th. Going to be a great time. I will be there for that. I'm planning on it. I don't know what I can bring yet, but I'm I'm hoping it's... Uh... Uh, it better be a painted army because it is a painted event. In that oh, really? case, I'm going to bring my owlbears. I'm just going to bring <laughs> seven owlbears. And I'm going to bring space wolves. Because no go. one can ever question it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're already pre-painted on the sprue. <laughs> Don't even have to clip them out. Just throw the sprue down. Put a glob of, glob of uh, blue tack on it, and you're good to go. And a clear base. And then <laughs> and then what you got to do is talk about how they're not inherent. Their rules are not inherently better than everyone else in the book. <laughs> no, it's totally a negative one to hit is totally fine. Right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that was uh that was that. Pretty it's fun. A great time. Yeah, it's a good episode. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Remember, uh this will be coming out after our last episode. So if you guys aren't aware, uh we are taking over the closing closer patches. Well, I've done it twice now. Uh, yeah, closer patches. Uh, to get silver, send us a picture with uh, two Road to Damnation at, well, you should at Road to Damnation on Instagram and hashtag Road to Damnation and send us 
2,500 points of a fully painted army. That includes basing. Yep. Um, we will be checking points. Uh, we're going to be pretty monotonous about this. And if you want the gold closer patch, make sure that you have two legions, a loyalist and a traitor. I shouldn't say legions. Two armies, loyalist and traitor. And you can't have a militia army inspect. You can do both loyalist and traitor. That doesn't count. Same goes for Alpha Legion. There you go. But if I had a Alpha Legion force and a militia force, could I get the gold closure patch? I don't know. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Putting you on the spot. Putting you on the spot. I'm terrible on the spot. <laughs> I know. That's why I did it. I've seen it. You could have just omitted the on the spot part. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah. yeah. Uh, wow, look at that. Took him a Got second him. there to get it from the <laughs> the, de- the delayed reaction, my brain processed it. <laughs> uh. that, that is me tonight. <laughs> that is me tonight. So, yeah, guys, remember, get those in if you want to close the patch. If you're not sure what a close the patch is, uh, feel free to email the show. At roads of damnation, at gmail.com. And I'm pretty sure that's everything. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. So, if there's uh, more people you feel like we should interview, or if you want to have Kyle back on, even though it's probably the worst part of the show, um, let us know. Definitely the worst. <laughs> we'll have him back on, I'm sure, after the event. And like I've always been saying, maybe we'll try and record at the event. Ooh, Ooh. Juicy. So I think real quick before we end it, Kyle, any last words? Uh, Fully painted is for closers. See you, cats.